a time and place away from time and place that is right here and right now is crucial to our own well-being and our own ability to not only create, but be in the world. Welcome to the Creative Solutions Podcast. On the show, it's my job to tease out the creative solutions my guests are coming up with to change the world through creativity, social action, and mindset. I also give you tips and techniques so you can do the same. This episode is brought to you by my class, Meditation for Busy People, where you'll learn how to relieve stress and discover clarity and joy in just five minutes a day. It's also brought to you by the Brain FM app and this podcast host, Podbean. Also, follow the podcast on Instagram or TikTok and check out our shop for merch, music, and musings. The links are all in the show notes. Hey there, and welcome to the Creative Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Isolde Trachtenberg. Thank you for being here. This is fantastic. I'm super glad that you're here. I want to talk about Facebook jail for a minute. One of the reasons that this normally I switch back and forth. I have a guest and then I do a solo episode and then I have a guest and then I do a solo episode. And this week I have two solo episodes in a row because I got put in Facebook jail because somebody hacked my account. So this is my little tip to you. Make sure you have two-factor authentication on, which I did, but they got me anyway. Uh, But yeah, go through and do a Facebook checkup uh, just to be sure. And the reason I'm saying this is because one of the ways that I let you know about the great guests that I'm going to have on the show is that I post about it on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And it's interesting to see what happens when you can't access your social media. Facebook and Instagram are my two primary ones. So I I was kind of going, ah, felt a little dead in the water. Anyway, so yeah, this is my little PSA. Please secure your account, uh, whatever account you've got that you use a lot. Because uh, at any minute, somebody could post on using, hack into your account and using your account post some really incredible, awful, and by incredible, I mean incredulous, holy crap. I don't know what they posted, but apparently it was very bad. And it's coming from your, it seems like it's coming from your account. So that's really creepy and weird. And so secure your accounts for all your socials. Make sure you've got great uh, passwords for everything. All of that. Just do it. It's really important. I'm here to tell you because it was days. Now, what's interesting about it having been days since I had been able to get on social is I got a lot more done. Isn't that interesting, right? So taking sort of an enforced break and looking for the silver lining, it really is that. Oh, wait, huh. I'm not spending time on Facebook scrolling or what they call doom scrolling, seeing all the horrible stuff that's out there. And there's plenty to be horrified about right now. But what it allowed me to do is work on my play and work on my writing and work on this week's episode. And I just got a lot more creative stuff done because I couldn't get on Facebook. So I've decided I'm going to be limiting my time on all my socials from now on just to see what that's like, see how much more I get done, see how much more I can dream up, you know, I said something the other day to, uh, I was talking to uh, Emmanuel Wilson, who works with the Dramatist Guild, and we were talking about uh, the fact that I'm a babe in the woods when it comes to being a dramatist, writing plays. I've written one, and I'm editing it and going while doing all the stuff with it. But I'm a, I'm a newcomer, right? I've written a bunch of books, but I'm a newcomer to writing plays. And I'm very excited about this play. I love the fact that I wrote it, but I don't know what to do as a playwright in the sort of business world of being a playwright. And so I said to him, I, I really want to know 
what my rights and responsibilities are as a playwright, but I also want to know what my possibilities are. And he went, ooh, I'm going to steal that. That's awesome. And it's really true. Like, what are your rights? What rights do you have as a dramatist? And they are different than if you're a screenwriter or an author. And I should do an entire episode on that because the legalities of that are fascinating and also a little uh, daunting because you have very different rights if you're a dramatist versus if you're a screenwriter or even an author. So it's very, it's like, take a look at that. If you're a writer of any kind, take a look at what your rights are. But then you also have responsibilities to the people who might be uh, publishing your book or creating a movie out of your screenplay or or mounting your production if you've written a play or something like that. What are your responsibilities as a dramatist? But then what are the possibilities? What are the things that you can envision and imagine and make real based on being uh, creative of one sort or another? And I just had an interview today with... Uh, the artist Eric Foyer, and we talked a lot about that. Like, what what are the possibilities? We talked about the creative universe. He called it Creative Spirits, and I can't wait to bring his episode to you because it was super cool. I, I actually rode to his studio and uh, <laughs> rode my bike to his studio. I love living in New York City because I can do that. I rode to his studio, and then we did a live interview, which I almost never get to do. And we were talking about the creative universe, that that the universe itself is infused with a sense of creativity and a sense of possibility and a sense of imagination and a sense of magic. I mean, seemingly magical things happen every instant of every minute of every day all over the universe, from the oldest stuff, the quasars and pulsars way far away to what's happening when my cat jumps up and, and headbutts me and wants to, to be petted, right? So there's lots of magic in the air. So it's a, there's a lot going on inside my head, as you might guess. And I'm also about to spend a lot of time, potentially an inordinate amount of time, playing some music. Uh, and I might be starting to play songs on the show. And I and that that's interesting to me. I'm like, oh, if I go back to to my old catalog and kind of go, what are the songs that I wrote and can I play them? Should I play them in the middle of the podcast? And I'm thinking I might. I'm thinking I might start seeing what that's like, seeing what it's like to put up some songs in the middle of episodes, just like here. This episode's been about creativity so far. Here's a little bit of the creativity I've been working on and uh, songs that I've released. I've got 13 songs that I've released on the first CD, and uh, and then I know a bunch of traditional music, so don't be surprised if in the middle of episodes you start hearing some of me singing and playing either guitar or violin. To that end, I want to talk about this week's episode. And last week, we talked about how working on your own personal growth and self-improvement can improve your art. Well, I want to sort of not strike it, but reverse it. And what happens when uh, you cr- engage in those creative pursuits. What does that do to your sense of well-being, to your to your self-improvement and your personal growth? So I want to talk about the sort of really incredible and remarkable ways that when you engage in those creative pursuits like art and music and dance and writing and other things can boost your personal growth. It can increase your empathy. It can turn you into a better communicator and a more successful, resilient Uh, optimistic and positive person. So I want to talk about this because I think that the two feed each other. I think we don't credit creativity enough 
for helping boost brain health, for helping boost heart health, for helping boost our sense of self and especially our sense of self-confidence. Having said that, if you are a nascent creative and somebody poo-poos your work, that can destroy your self-confidence. And so think about that. If it can destroy your self-confidence when someone poo-poos your work, what happens and why does your confidence uh, change whether or not somebody uh, praises it or insults it and or just the fact that you're making it, right? If, if, if your self-confidence can be dashed by someone poo-pooing this thing you've created, then it must be, the creating of it must be tied into your sense of self and your sense of self-confidence. You have to look at it both ways, right? They're like, oh, wait, yeah, if someone can dash my self-confidence by going, eh, this sucks, well, can they raise your self-confidence by saying, wow, it's wonderful, or, and, or, is it just tied into it so that it can grow if you keep creating it can get boosted even more if someone else loves it like just getting that support feels really good or it can get dashed if someone you know mucks with you and tells you it's awful so we have to guard against that but one of the things that we can do for ourselves as people who are always growing and who are always trying to get better uh, we can engage in those creative activities to help us with that so I want to really think about it and I want to explore these topics. I want to talk about this this transformational power that creative uh, any kind of creative activities can can have on your personal growth on your self-improvement. I want to talk about how nurturing and nourishing empathy and collaboration with others, perhaps, uh, can be boosted through creative expression. I want to talk about that bolstering, that 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 lifting up of self-confidence and how achievable goals and creative, especially creative achievements, can boost your self-confidence and how your communication skills can improve when you express yourself artistically, particularly if you're doing it in a collaborative effort, and also how just your mood and your sense of well-being can be impacted by those creative pursuits, right? Those are the things I really want to talk about because I want I want to really explore a little bit what those means because I think each of those aspects of creativity is going to contribute to a set of understanding of, of how those creative pursuits, how those creative endeavors can shape not only your artistic improvement, your creative improvement, but also your personal and your professional life. So I want to dive in and and look at the potential of creativity to do just that, to help you become uh, more well-rounded, more healthy, more optimistic, and more present, confident person. So first, let's take a look at that, the impact of creative pursuits on your personal growth, right? If you engage in any sort of creative endeavor, it's sort of like stepping into uh, unexplored waters, you know, uncharted waters, but it's within yourself. So it's a journey of self-discovery. It's a process that is going to peel back the layers like an onion of your personality, of who you are, of what your dreams and deepest ideas are. And it can really unveil the depths of your inner world. And when you express yourself, it reveals, in many ways, it reveals your soul. 
And so through that creative expression, you can gain insight into fears or your desires or potentially, of course, hidden talents that you didn't even realize you had. And for me, it's writing, (laughs) right? I never thought of myself as a writer. I wrote almost nothing except for papers that I was required to write all the way through college. I wrote one short creative story when I was 12, and I wrote a, a Spencerian stanza when I was in college because it was required for a class. Otherwise, all of my writing was drama criticism or literary criticism or papers that I was required to write in English class, but never did I think, oh, I want to write a creative story. That didn't start until I was well in my 30s. So when you're doing this stuff, it can be a space where boundaries are pushed and where new aspects of your creativity and your creative abilities can emerge. So first is first. To really jumpstart all of this, you have to set aside dedicated, uninterrupted time. Now, it doesn't have to be a lot of time. It can be 10 minutes. You don't have to do, I'm going to spend the next four hours on this, right? This isn't just an activity, though. It's a commitment to your own growth and to self-discovery. So you might journal. You might uh, develop an an interest in sculpting. And by the way, you don't have to spend a lot of money on this. Uh, Flour and water can make for wonderful sculpting, a a notebook, an old notebook that you have just around the house can be a perfect journal to start with. You can sing along to YouTube videos if you want, if you decide you want to find your voice with music. You can do anything like this as long as it's focused at a dedication that you think of as an investment in who you are and in who you want to be, right? It's it's sort of like uh, in Julia Cameron's book, she calls them artist states, but I don't even want to say that it's an artist day because that sort of talks about going and filling the well. I kind of want to, I'm going to call it a creative date, right? It's your potential. It's your inner artist that you are finding and making friends with. So I'm going to encourage you to consider establishing some sort of a creative ritual. It's a time and place away from time and place where you can immerse yourself in whichever pursuit, creative pursuit that you want to try, right? It can be a little tiny corner where you live. It can be a park bench. I go to the playground (laughs) to write. There's a playground near me. I just go sit down on one of the benches, especially when there's no one there. It's really nice. You know, any type of space that you can sort of go, okay, this is my space and this is a designated place where I can let my creativity flow and I won't be interrupted, right? It, it, that sends a powerful signal to your subconscious. And you know how much I love talking about your subconscious. It's time for you. It's time for your growth. This is dedicated time for that. So if you can dedicate conscious space and conscious time, and again, it doesn't have to be much. It can be a chair with a notebook. As long as you do something, uh, I want to encourage you to do it because, again, it'll send that signal that this is time for you, by you. And I'm going to encourage you to step out of your comfort zone a little bit, right? And what do I mean by that? I mean, like like I never thought of myself as a writer. And of course, now I've written 10 books and I've completed a play. So the things that you might have done or might even be good at now, uh, those are great to pursue. But what about trying something that's totally different, right? If you've always been a pretty good writer, 
Maybe you try sculpting. Maybe you you get uh, your your kid's Crayola crayons and a piece of paper and see what you can do when you try to draw, right? This is one of those things, if you've been drawn to it, but you've never tried it, or if you've never thought of it, see if you can explore it, right? Allow yourself the freedom to see what's there because you might uncover an entire new facet of your personal growth because this this whole path this journey is yours and yours alone and whether or not you're gonna uh, paint or play music or write words whatever it is you're gonna do that's a step in your evolution as a person as a unique individual on the planet so i encourage you to embrace the process and cherish all the discoveries watch as those creative pursuits become sort of a mirror that's going to reflect your depths to you. How cool is that? And I think that's that's the magic of it all, right? Is you get to learn about yourself while you're creating no one else in the world could have created, right? That's the thing. It's something that would be uniquely, individually yours. No one else has thought of it in this way. No one else put pen to paper in this way. No one else made that note just you. And there's a certain set of self-confidence sort of markers that you will find that you can check off as things go. All right. So next, I want to talk about how doing these creative expressions, engaging in this is going to help you build your ability to be empathetic and your ability to work with others. When you step into the realm of creative expression, you're essentially opening a door to a huge landscape of experiences and feelings. And this journey allows you to tap into your own feelings, but it doesn't stop there. Because see, this is the thing, when you do these explorations, when you dance with those emotions inside yourself, that can have a huge effect on your ability to connect with other people. So as you do this, as you go through this sort of unchartered territory, if you will, you're going to develop your own sensitivity to the emotions and experiences of the people around you. You're going to become essentially more empathetic. You're going to start seeing and sensing their nuances. And sometimes they're pretty subtle, right? Sometimes they're verbal, sometimes they're not, sometimes they're body language, sometimes they're just a feeling. And that perception, that ability to perceive is going to become a sort of bridge. It's going to allow you to connect with other people on a level that isn't just the surface, right? It's going to, it's going to transcend the surface connection to go deeper. And that's one of the things that's so important, right? So here's, here's another technique that you might want to try. You can uh, try to cultivate empathy, through that creative pursuit, whatever it's going to be, if you look at selecting a project or a thing to do that's going to be infused with shared human experience. So, for example, if you're going to write, think about writing a story that is going to highlight or illustrate a universal emotion like love or loss or triumph or uh, jealousy, even whatever it is, right? If you delve into these emotions that so many other people have felt or continue to feel, you're going to, you're going to strengthen your own abilities to be empathetic and you're going to create a piece of art that's going to be incredibly relatable. So 
that collaboration that you might have is going to be another facet of this, right? If your creative expression is one that you share with other people who are trying to do the same thing or even different things, but you meet to work on your creativity together, whether it's uh, a painting you're going to work on together or like me with the Philosopher's Tones where it's a, a musical ensemble or joining a theater production, whatever it is, when you're doing that, you're embarking on creating something that's never been created before with a specific group of people. Now, each person is going to bring their own perspective, their own set of skills, their own experiences to the work. And those experiences are going to meld and work with in some way with everyone else who's involved in the project. So in that collaborative process, communication is huge, right? Artists have to learn to articulate what they envision. They have to learn to listen to other people's ideas, thoughts, and insights. And they have to find really, I guess, <laughs> harmonious ways to integrate those ideas and to think about those perspectives and to honor them, right? And that skill set is a communication skill set, and it's going to extend way beyond the art that you all make together, right? That is a transferable skill that's going to build your ability to work effectively in any team and in any organization. So in essence, through that creative expression, you're going to not only nurture your own abilities to be empathetic, but you're also going to build your abilities to be a great collaborator, right? In essence, you're learning the art of understanding, of seeing and feeling and acknowledging and honoring the experiences and the perspectives of other people, right? And those are all things that are part of the communication skill set. That's part of how you can use creativity to nurture empathy, collaboration, to work together in teams, and to truly understand other people's perspectives and points of view. All right, this next one is so important, I can't even tell you. It's about how we can use creativity to boost confidence. And that's a big one, right? When you engage in creative activities, it offers you a, a platform, right? To not only meet and rise above challenges, but to really celebrate whatever you achieve, regardless of whether or not they're small, right? And it's something that Eric Foyer, who I talked to today, as I, as I mentioned, talked about. He said, I believe in celebrating the tiniest successes, which if you've listened to this show at all, you know, he was singing my song because that's exactly how I feel. Whatever, whatever win there is, whatever success there is, I do a little dance because it helps me understand that those are all part and parcel of building that sense of joy and expansiveness, right? So it, it, it basically it allows you to build a platform of self-confidence. Every time you achieve something, you finish a chapter, you start a drawing, you finish a drawing, you sing a song, whatever it is, you do a little dance, make a little love, get down tonight. You know, it, it really, it's, it's a way of removing some of your own limits by building that self-confidence. And it's going to permeate other aspects of your life from your relationships to the things you do at work. And in order to do this, in order to sort of boost your self-confidence, via your creative outlets, I think it's 
essential to have specific goals. They call them SMART goals. You've probably seen them, talk, people talk about them. But the important thing is that these goals, if they're achievable and you don't make them too big, they are little markers along the way that they give you sort of a ding of progress. Ding, you did that. Ding, you did that. Ding, you did that. So if you're, for example, going to paint, then challenge yourself to complete a certain number of paintings within some sort of defined time frame and make it something that you can do, right? Don't go, I'm going to paint 10 paintings in the next two days. Mm, that's probably not realistic. But if you say 10 paintings in the next two months, haha, all of a sudden it becomes something that potentially is more doable. And having that tangible idea like, oh, this is my goal. It's going to provide direction to your process and it's going to allow you to track your growth over time. Now, one of the things that I did when I was doing my painting a day, I asked for people to give me uh, suggestions of what they wanted to see me paint. And my friend Tamara, yay, Tamara, shout out to you, said, hey, uh, I want you to paint your version of Vincent Van Gogh's Starry Night. And I went, okay, right, sure. Yeah, but I tried. And one of the things that I did is I took pictures of my progress along the way. And there's this and there's that. And it's and actually, if you listen to last week's episode, I talked about this. And I also put those images in the show notes because you can see the progress. You can actually look the painting, the, the picture of the first time I took a picture of the painting, the second time, the third, the fourth, and the fifth. And you can see the progress as I went. And each one was a stopping point. And no, I wasn't finished until I was finished, but I could see the progress. And our subconscious minds love that. They love symbols and they love visuals and they love seeing the checkbox. You know, our subconscious tends to love that. It's a physical uh, marker of what you've achieved. And it's a symbol of your ability to follow through on what you've committed to do. Right. So every time you play a chord, every word that you write, you're reinforcing that belief in yourself and in your creative abilities. And as you spend more time doing this, this body of achievement is going to be it's going to be a powerful pool of confidence that you can draw on no matter what it is that you're pursuing. No matter what goal you have, you're going to have that well of confidence to draw from when you need it. And I want to encourage you not to shy away from rising to those challenges, right? If it's a creative pursuit, confronting challenging times or experimenting with new ways of doing things expands your abilities and it demonstrates to you that you're capable of pushing those limits, right? That you're capable of jumping out of your comfort zone and that that willingness, that ability to take risks and to meet those challenges head on ends up being kind of a real statement to your subconscious that you have resilience and that you have the confidence to try new things. Because I want to encourage you to remember that confidence can be nurtured. It's a skill. It can be developed. Like any other skill, you can build your ability to be confident in no matter what situation you find yourself. So by setting those goals and meeting those challenges and celebrating your achievements, you're going to boost your creative confidence and you're going to sort of cultivate that that mindset, right? This podcast used to be called the Creative Mindset Podcast way back in the day. And I love that it was called that because it was allowing me to think of myself as a creative 
in my mind. And it helped me just boost my own self-assurance. And that serves me in so many other areas of my life. And that's one of the things that we can do to build our confidence is to allow that creative set of pursuits to transform how we think about ourselves. Okay, the next. I want to talk about how we can build communication skills. It's important, right? The artistic way of doing things is a language, right? It speaks to the soul, maybe not word to word, except for writing, of course, or music. But when you're being creative, when you're expressing yourself, some part of what you're doing or saying translates to other people. They get some sort of communication from it, right? It's not mere words. There's something in the realms of emotions and experiences and our subconscious itself that is going to get communication from whatever it is, whatever art you're, you're creating or you're experiencing, depending on which side of it you are. And it goes beyond verbal communication. It's more than that. And when you engage in that creative pursuit, whether it's painting or dancing or playing a musical instrument, it's another form of expression. And that very fact that it's an expression allows other people to be moved by that expression, to receive some sort of communication or intention from that expression. So if you're a dancer, for example, you're using motion to tell your story, right? You're a storyteller and the fluidity of your movements, the your gestures, you, the rhythm that you use, you convey a narrative that's going to resonate, that's going to communicate with your audience. And it's a nonverbal communication, right? But it's still a really powerful tool for expressing some of those really complicated emotions, feelings, ideas, and symbols. So it teaches you, dance teaches you the art of storytelling through motion. And that's a skill that, that you can apply to just about any form of communication, whether it's verbal or nonverbal. So to elevate those skills, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to consider cross-training in different mediums, right? If you're primarily a writer, as an example, See if you can do the visual arts. Like I was primarily a musician and I decided to venture into writing. And after doing writing for a long time, I went, you know what? I'm going to go into visual art. I'm going to see what that's like and I'm going to do a, an art piece a day for a year. And when you experiment in that way, it is going to allow you to communicate using shapes and colors and textures if you're a painter. It's going to allow you to, to communicate using motion if you are a dancer. And you're going to be able to use symbolism, whether it's through your motion, through sound, if you're a musician, or through the written word, or through images and shapes and colors if you're into drawing or painting. You're going to be communicating through those. So as I said, if you're, if you're a painter, you might try music. If you're a writer, you might try dance. Try and compose melodies and try and compose harmonies. And if you happen to have ever played a musical instrument, try and do that too, right? Allow yourself to create a landscape in a different way than you're used to creating. And it's still, because you've created before in one way or another, it's going to still speak from your heart and speak from your soul. And that whatever that communication is, 
it's going to say something to the hearts and souls of whoever experiences what you've done. So this is going to not only expand your creative toolbox, it's going to really improve your ability to convey some of those complicated ideas through other means than you normally would do. And if you do this as a collab collaboration of some sort, that can also help your communication skills, right? So if you start collaborating with other people, whether it's in a band or a dance troupe or a visual arts group that's doing a project together, you're going to be challenged to reconcile your individual contributions into that holistic whole. And that's going to require clear communication. It's going to require lots of active listening. And it's going to require the ability to adapt and to respond to the ideas and expressions of the people you're collaborating with. So if you're immersing yourself in creative expression and exploring different artistic ways of doing that, you're going to really sharpen and create a dynamic set of communication skills. You have to, by necessity. So you're going to learn to improve how you convey your thoughts, your emotions, your ideas, the symbols. And it's lots of different channels, lots of creative channels out there. In fact, I made a list at one point of all the creative pursuits, and maybe I'll find that list and post it in the show notes or something, of all the creative pursuits that I could think of. And then I asked people to help me do even more, and we ended up with something like over 100. So there are lots of different ways that you can try to build some of those skills. And that's how those practices can really elevate your communication prowess because if you, it's like learning a new language, right? If you're used to singing and all of a sudden you decide to try and sculpt something, it's like taking the first steps when you're a baby, you're learning a brand new way of being in the world. Okay, now I want to look at mood and overall well-being and how the creative process can help elevate your mood. So it's like going to a spa, <laughs> to an emotional spa, because when you're when you really pursue some sort of creative endeavor, you are starting on the path of of a sort of rejuvenation emotionally, right? It you you can enter a state of flow, which is my favorite way of creating. All of a sudden, it's been it's been hours and I look up and I'm like, oh, when did it get dark? Because I've been so in the flow of creating that I wasn't even aware that time was passing. And I love that. Time fading away is one of the most beautiful facets of creating for me because in that state, I get to be completely present in the moment. I'm fully immersed in the act of creating. And that those moments are really deeply fulfilling for sure. But they also boost my mood, right? And I think they'll boost yours too if you decide to try it. Being in the flow, and again, Eric Foyer and I talked about that, being in, in that state of creative flow, it can really uh, make you present for sure. It can make you right here, right now. A time and place away from time and place that is right here and right now is crucial to our own well-being and our own ability to not only create but be in the world. And when you're doing that, it sort of becomes a state almost of meditation, right? The stresses, the worries, they kind of fade away because you're present right here and right now and 
engaging in that allows you to let go of whatever stuff is going on and you can find solace, you can find peace, and you can find a certain level of joy. Even if the creating act itself is frustrating in the moment, it's still a very different kind of frustration than daily frustrations. It's a frustration that is creative in nature. You are trying to create something that's never existed before. And it's a form of self-care that's going to nourish your soul and it's going to nurture you and it's going to provide a sense of space away from whatever pressures are going on in your life. And I, I, I recommend it super highly because I think it's super important to do. And I think one of the things that is a benefit of this meditative sort of state is you get to be present. But present means, like I said earlier, it's not just, oh, I'm here. It's find a space that's just yours, even if it's tiny, Make it a designated, dedicated space to be creative and let it become a sort of sanctuary, right? I have a little office in in my apartment and it's got a lot of stuff and it just made me realize I need a space that's just mine to do some of this. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I think it's important for me to do it because it serves as a sort of a visual reminder that when I'm here, when I'm in front of my creative area, that that is what I'm doing, that I'm here for that and that I am deserving, that I am worthy of having that dedicated space, right? It's a way of nurturing your soul and it's a way of finding joy in the very act of creating. And each time you step into that space, you're really reminding yourself of your own commitment to your own mental and emotional health. So whether or not you're going to find that peace of mind in painting or writing or dance or whatever it is, allow it to become a sort of a, 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 an inner sanctum for your self, your deepest self, and allow it to comfort you, right? Allow it to become a refuge that's away from all the demands of everything else that you're supposed to do. Your time creating is sacred and allow it to be that. It's so important to have that sort of separation of church and state, if you will, uh, that separation between everything else and your time to be with you and your time to be with your imagination and your time to be with your inner artist. Because really, creative pursuits are not ultimately merely hobbies. They're tools that have the potential to change every aspect of your life. They're pathways to personal transformation and evolution. They are uh, really kind of seeds that can (laughs) become mighty oaks. When you make art or music or when you dance or any form of creative expression, you're not just creating something tangible. You are really going on a journey, on a profound journey of empowerment and more importantly, to me anyway, self-discovery. So every note, every step you dance, every stroke of the brush on a canvas is a testament to your feeling of worth, that your inner world is important and that your emotions and your thoughts and experiences are valid, right? Your time being creative captures that incredible essence of who you are 
at this moment in time. So if you're creating now, this is who you are now, and it it preserves it, right? It makes it real, and it lets you be who you are right this second. And there's a recognition there, I think. You know, I said this to, to Eric again. <laughs> Eric is almost here right now. I read this somewhere, and I don't remember where, or I'd give you a citation, but it said that when someone criticizes you or criti- critiques your work, I should say, uh, and something feels like you recognize it, then, then there was something that you were kind of probably thinking of subconsciously. Oh, I should have, I, sh- I, I could have done this differently. And it's almost a recognition. Oh, yeah, there's something there. And if it doesn't, if there is no recognition, then probably it's not something that's going to work for you to, to modify. Well, it's the same kind of thing here. When you're spending time in creating, you are going to recognize aspects of who you are. There's going to be an, oh, this space is familiar. And the reason it's familiar is because we are inherently creative beings, right? It's going to give you the opportunity to really think about how you create in the world, how you act in the world, how you move in the world, and how that creative spirit can permeate and fulfill other aspects of your life, right? It's going to boost your empathy. It's going to allow you to uh, understand other people's points of view and connect with them on a deeper level. It's going to boost your confidence. It's going to give you a sense of self-assurance. And it it's going to build your ability to connect and express your ideas. I mean, wow, how <laughs> how cool. And as I said, more importantly than probably all of those, it's going to elevate your sense of well-being. It's going to allow you to develop a sanctuary of self-care and rejuvenation, and you're going to have something cool that you've done at the end of it. So I want to sort of end all of this to remind you that creativity is not finite. Your imagination is not finite. Who you are today and what you can imagine today is different than who you will be tomorrow or the day after. And it and what you will be able to imagine and what you will be able to envision will also change day to day and sometimes minute to minute. So this idea of creativity and its ability to transform your life, it can keep transforming your life every single day from now until the very end. So you can let it propel you towards personal and professional success because it's going to infuse everything you try with that touch of innovation and with that that aura of originality. So I'm going to encourage you to embrace your creativity, to nurture it, to love it, to commit to it, and, and see as it sort of transforms you into a more successful, empathetic, and thriving person. And that is the really amazing power of creative expression. I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode. This has been so much fun for me to explore. I love this topic, as you might be able to tell. I hope you enjoyed it. Woo! I'm just looking at how long the episode was. Just a long episode. I obviously had a lot to say about it. If you have questions about this, you, I, this is what I coach people on. I coach people on how to live their best lives and do their best work through creativity and through their inner 
creative soul. So I would love you, if you want to get some coaching around that, as well as how to make time for your creativity, how to get more productive so that you have more time to explore your creativity, get in touch with me. I'm going to have a link to the to a discovery call. You can book a discovery call with me and see if you and I could work together for me to be able to coach you to get to that place where you feel fully alive and fully thriving and just enjoying the crud out of your day-to-day life. This is Isolde Trachtenberg for the Creative Solutions Podcast, reminding you to be bold, be creative, and most of all, be kind. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here. Please subscribe to the podcast if you're new, and it would mean the world to me if you told a friend about it. Today's episode was produced by Isolde Trachtenberg and is copyright 2023. As always, please remember this is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Past performance does not guarantee future results, although we can always hope. Until next time, keep living what you believe in. Thank you.